You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and on this episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am recording at the Houdini Museum in New York City. Today, I am speaking with writer, actress, and singer Leona Michelle. Hi, Leona. Hi, it's Adam. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you because it's been five years since our last interview. Oh, my God. My eyes are popping out yes. of my head when you said that. Because the last interview we did was when you were in Amazing Grace on Broadway. That is true. That is true. That is true. We've Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Five yeah. years? Yes. Yes, we've seen each other in between, but we have not done an interview. That's right, because we do our, our small circle. We, we, we have ran into each other. Yes. Wow, but just to think about Amazing Grace five years ago. Yes. I wow. Know. It, for me, it feels like maybe a couple of years. Yeah. You know, like it's just yesterday in a sense. Like I just, that show meant so much to me. Making that was my Broadway yes. debut, you remember? Yes, I do. Playing Ayotunde from Sierra Leone. And Amazing Grace, and that was the show that really inspired me to become a writer. You know, wow. yeah, it really did. That's incredible. It really did. Watching the writer there, the writing team there, um, Christopher Smith, first time writer, mm. and his show making it all the way to Broadway. It, I, it, I was just in awe of that. You know, watching his process and at mm -hmm. times being invited to uh, at the writer's table to even, you know, make some suggestions of my own. Oh, wow. Which was very exciting. It was such a generous team. That's wonderful. So, yeah, it really it really put the fire up under my butt to say, hey, you know, um, I've always wanted to write and now I'm writing. I was just about to say <laughs> you, you you're working on your second show already that you're writing. Yes. You, so we have so much to talk about and we're going to start with one of the shows you just wrote called mm -hmm. little girl blue which was the nina simone musical yeah. which made a try uh, it, it it made an incredible debut last year yes. at the george street playhouse and now you are making a triumphant return um yeah. for a one night only concert to right. celebrate black history month and women's history month so oh, yeah. um before we we are going to talk about the show, but before we do that, let's just briefly talk about the concert. Okay. So what uh, can you tell us about the concert? You know, how will it differ from the from the show itself? Oh, yeah. Um, the Well, it, it is not the show Little Girl Blue, the Nina Simone musical. But what it is, is really me just a, a year. It's like the year anniversary of us doing the show mm -hmm. at the George Street. And the folks there were just so kind in the audience that drove from near and far. They were just so generous, you know, mm. giving me so much. And um, to be quite honest with you, I just miss Nina. 
Mm. And I just want to get back to work. I want to get back to singing her groovy music. Mm-hmm. And so this platform is really an opportunity for me and the audience to have some fun, shake it up, sing some songs that weren't in the show. Mm. You know, and some of my some of my favorites, you know, mm-hmm. um, really celebrating her life. Initially, I wanted to do it on her birthday in February, but we moved to uh, the March, which is Women's Month. Mm-hmm. You know, how appropriate. Exactly. You know, how appropriate. So it really worked out. And I'm so grateful to the George Street Playhouse for taking this on for one night only. That's incredible. <laughs> well, I know everybody listening is going to have to go see it because like you said, it is one night only. Yeah. And and if you didn't get to see the show last year, you have yeah. to see this concert. You have to see Leona live in person because you are incredible. Thank you. You're welcome. And one thing Thank I so love much. about how you were talking about an amazing grace, how you were invited to to the writer's table. And it's like, not only were you making your Broadway debut, but it's like you also got your first taste of what it's like to be in that writer's, at that writer's table. Yeah. I mean, what a, it was such a momentous experience. Now, when I say invited to the writer's table, it's more like you slide a note and you say, hey, just a thought. <laughs> I was wondering. Because the thing is, when you're writing... Uh, shows there's a huge responsibility when you're writing about real life yes you know someone who actually walked this earth yes and I I'm grateful to those individuals who realize that you know I don't have all the answers in the room Mm -hmm. and we got people of color that ancestors came from Africa that can perhaps help us mm-hmm. in telling this story. So um, once again, they were so generous in allowing me to bring my own experience, my own culture and knowledge to the table. Yes. And the John Newton story. That's you know? so wonderful. Thank you. And to now be able to like take, take that experience. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you were like, it lit a fire under you. And it now did. you wrote this musical, the um, little girl blue and you're working on which we're going to get to a little later in the interview but you also are working on um a musical about uh nelson mandela yes so i mean it's incredible that here you you want it it's something you got a taste of in amazing grace and now five years later you've written two shows Yes. Pretty much. Um, Because Mandela, you're still writing? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, The Nina Simone musical, I, I, you know, once uh, Amazing Grace ended, I went off on tour, um, done done a bunch of regional theaters. And then there was like a a lull in my career where it's just like, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Mm. And I felt like I just wanted to kick a can down the street every five minutes, you know, <laughs> going in and out of auditions and belting mm. and singing and getting material. I'm like, oh, this is not that great. And telling my, my manager and complaining like, hey, uh, this material is not great. And he was like, you know what? You complain a lot. Mm. Is it, what is it that you want? I said, I want good stuff to do. I want, I want to be able to do the the Lady Macbeths, the Medeas, the classics. I want to be able to do the leading ladies. And I want to be able to do things that are challenging and important. And he said, well, it sounds like you might want to start writing. Mm. And I said, well, you know, okay, okay. Well, who is my Lady Macbeth? Who is my Medea? Mm-hmm. Who is my leading lady? And I looked around my apartment and posters that are staring right into my eyeballs was Nina Simone. And I said, this is it. This is it. This is my time. She and I, we get each other. Yes. You know, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. You know, we're, uh, she's 
a groovy woman mm-hmm. who walked this earth, a trailblazer, um, never was comfortable in her own shoes. So she she dug a little deeper. She was always digging deep. Yes. You know, yes. And, and, and searching and searching and fighting and unapologetic. Mm-hmm. And I love that about Nina Simone. I really, really do love that about her. And it's just been a privilege to like nest in my office and like create this story and then be the vessel to, to tell it mm-hmm. in her spirit with integrity. I mean, here it's sort of like, it's a, it's a sort of a very similar situation in that yeah. here you were like fighting, fighting, audition, 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 audition. Yes. And then you, you stopped the fight by writing this show yeah. as an opportunity for yourself. So so you you wanted a leading lady, you got right. it because you yes. created it yourself. <laughs> I you did. made your own opportunity, which is That's fantastic. Right. Yeah, I mean, And right. you're going to be a trailblazer and inspiration for so many other actresses and women out there who, who feel the same way as you going yeah. audition, audition, audition. It's like, well, what can I do? And then they can say, well, look what Leona did. Yeah. She created this show, which was an smashing success of the George Street Playhouse. It was yes. like standing room only yes. uh, practically every single night. Yeah. And, um, my God. You know, my God. And, and now the show is making traction to come to New York City. Yeah. It's projected to come 2021. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's, let's talk about the show a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's, well, some of this we, we already talked about. You, you sort of gave me why you initially wrote the show. Um, and um, what did you learn about Nina Simone from writing the show that you didn't know prior? Wow. Um, it, there was always so much, so much, you know, just from like doing, digging into the research. And at one point, this show was three, four hours long. Wow. You know, when I read it for um, <laughs> my collaborators. They were like, whoa, this is a lot of material. I'm like, she lived a lot of life, okay? We gotta tell it all. <laughs> so um, I think the, the, the main thing I learned was that Nina worked so hard and I found the show to be extremely exhausting, mm-hmm. exhausting. Um, by the time the sh- curtain came down, I was just wiped. And it was just like, how do I get through a complete week of this show? And it's not that Nina's music was terribly difficult, mm-hmm. but there was so much heart in it, so much spirit attached to it that um, in telling her story, honestly, there was no um, way in a the musical theater world for me to um, kind of finesse it in a way to make it comfortable for the artist to do it. Yeah. So the work itself commanded me to to just step into this emotional roller coaster and then sing these gritty songs and expose her vulnerability and, and, and shift on a dime and take it to another level. So I found it to be very, very exhausting. Um, and at the end of the night, I will always say to myself, thank you, Nina, for this ride. I'm supposed to be tired because she was. Mm. And she created her best work through her exhaustion. Yes. And I think the show only got better and better. The, 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 I started to welcome the exhaustion, mm-hmm. like, well, here we go, here we go. Here's this moment, here's this challenge. I could feel this weight and this exhaustion piled up on top mm. of me, but this is really how Nina lived. Right. It's how she walked through this life. So um, I, I respect that <laughs> and um, I embrace it. That's wonderful. And it probably helped you 
sort of stay within character every night too to, oh, to welcome oh, yeah. in and to be like well if this is how she was this is how I have to be let me tell you there's something very liberating when you can just step on stage and leave all your skill mm-hmm. that you learned from graduate school in the back closet and be like I'm going on this journey yeah. the voice may crack the body may hurt my feet may ache my back may ache people might be not clapping and I could use that energy too it's like mm. this is an experience yes. for the artist and the audience Yes. You know, Nina's in charge. That's right. <laughs> she came out every night on stage. Every night. Every night. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Now, I do find it interesting that you mentioned initially when you wrote the show, it was four hours, three to four hours. Yeah. They, so how did you, I mean, how did you decide what to cut out? Because you were like, we, I oh, want to yeah. tell her whole story. So how do you, yeah. how do you chop it down? Yeah, I, I had a great team around me. Um, Devin Ann Janke, my director, mm. and Mark Pfeiffer, who did all the arrangements and the music. Uh, the three of us, we really just nested together for like a good year mm. of uh, fine tuning and and shaping the show, um, which which. Um, which was difficult because there was so many parts and pieces to the to the piece and then i just narrowed we just narrowed it down to well what is the story mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. when you talk about a woman's life and the evolution of this woman we we cut it in the span of two uh two decades it starts in act one is in 68 and act two ends and she's out of the country mm-hmm. in 78 so she's really evolved quite a bit in the span of um 10 years yeah so it's really exciting and she's facing her demons you know Mm -hmm. her abuse from her husband um racism in america Mm -hmm. um being a woman in america um dealing with her her mental illness of being a bipolar and Mm. not being diagnosed properly there was so much that she had to heavy lifting that she had to do Mm -hmm. and then her biggest heartbreak of all the fact that all she really really wanted to do was to be the first black classical pianist Mm -hmm. and to be denied that and to be just thrown into a world of jazz because that's what classical black artists had to do right. play jazz so it's um it's it's a story that goes deep into her her heartbreaks yeah and how she overcomes them comes them all she was yeah. a survivor yes what's well, those kinds of stories that really make for great great theater yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now that we have a little retrospective of the show (laughs) Um, let us talk about the show's future life so um, with the projected timeline of 2021 of the show coming to New York what do you feel you learned from last year's run that will inform this future production oh great question Um, I found that you know, it, it, well, the show started as a one-woman show. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time we made it to George Street, I had developed the band, which is a three-piece band, mm-hmm. uh, developed the characters. Um, and in doing so, I found that to be very, very satisfying. Mm-hmm. All the workshops we did prior, I found it extremely lonely on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, to have the band there, not be able to interact with them yes. and all this storytelling to cover. I found it very, very lonely. Very lonely. Mm-hmm. And 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 then I think one workshop, we just started like playing a little bit and shaking it up. And boy, oh boy, it was just so 
like I could breathe. Mm-hmm. Like I could breathe in a different kind of way, <laughs> and we could throw the ball. And I've always loved that about acting that the tossing back and forth of the ball with acting and keep keeping that in the air. Mm-hmm. And it also helped us to produce a lot of levity for the show that it needed. Mm. Um, so what I learned from the George Street run is that I want to go even further with developing the band mm. even more. Like I feel like the show would really. Um, be, be even more satisfying to really give some skin and some bone to those band members because they really were her support. Yeah, yeah. You know, they really were her support. That's terrific. Thank you. And what excites you to bring the show back? Oh my goodness. I miss it so much. Mm. I don't know. This was this, this, like I, I keep saying that Little Girl Blue is my is my Shakespeare, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I just loved, I really just loved every bit of, of uh, creating it. Mm-hmm. I loved being in the um, design, design meetings and, and seeing all the parts and pieces coming together. I loved being in the tech. There was not, there wasn't a part of this development that I did not like. This was the first time mm-hmm. in my career from beginning to end that I felt full, like 100% mm. an artist wow. to create something, to perform it, and to then come off, come out on the other end of it and be able to shake hands with the audience, like seeing it through, mm-hmm. you know, from the quiet office space of, you know, rewriting lines mm-hmm. and, and um, the playback of it all. Mm. It's just tremendous. So it's, that's what I really, really miss most about it. It's just the work, doing the work, mm-hmm. you know, waking up to the work and um, going to sleep with the work mm. and wrestling in my dreams about the work, <laughs> how to improve the work, the constant, constant work. Mm. It was a beautiful exhaustion and um, so satisfying. And I, and I have never felt like that in my life as an wow. artist. Like, I feel like I'm a full artist. That's incredible. Thank you. So wonderful. And to be able to have a body of work that you can have that statement with. Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful. And such a, (laughs) such an achievement that not, not everybody gets to say. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. And, um, it, with the 2021 projection, of the show coming to New York, do you have like a time frame within that year, like fall, winter, spring? Yeah, we're eyeballing the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a uh, a wonderful um, uh, lead producer coming on board with this project, mm. and we're all working so closely together to find the right house for the show mm. and for an off Broadway run. Of course, I wanted to run, run, and run, and run, yes. run forever. Yes. But truth be told. <laughs> Nina belongs on Broadway. Yes. So, you know, we can't even stay off Broadway for too long. And I'm just hoping that coming into the city, having an off Broadway run will get the right attention that the sh- that Nina deserves. Yes. You know? Yes. And I, especially with all these iconic musicals, bio musicals mm-hmm. that are like so popular now. It just seems like the right timing for a show like Little Girl Blue. Yes. With all the amazing reviews the show has around it. There has been a difficulty in describing what this is because it really mm. is an experience. There's nothing like it, mm-hmm. you know. So when people come see this show, uh, when it hits off Broadway, I think it's going to be a big surprise. Yes. Well, knowing what I know about your performing, I mean, I unfortunately did not make it to George Street Playhouse to see <laughs> the initial run. But yeah. knowing about your how 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 much of yourself and how you really give it a thousand percent in every performance. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine 
the 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 <laughs> luck and the joy and the and the journey that people got to see you God. in that show every night. I mean, yeah. so lucky for everyone who got to see it. Oh and, my gosh! And thank I you. can't wait for for it to come to New York so so more people can see it, including yeah. me. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Thank you're you welcome. very much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're such a dynamic performer that, I mean, anything you do, oh is, you're so good. You're so good. I'm not just saying that. I mean, yeah. I truly believe that. Um, Thank you. I mean, even when, uh, I think it was last year, or maybe it was like 2018, you guest starred on an episode of Law & Order SVU. I did. Yes. And I was watching it, and I was like, oh my God, it's Leona. <laughs> and you were so good. Thank you. And I was like, oh my God, look at her go. <laughs> So I'm just I'm just right. thrilled that that New York audiences are going to get to experience you again because it's been a while since you've yeah. also been on the New York stage. So yep. it'll be great to have you back. Yeah, thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Priceline presents. Go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. So now we are going to, before we talk about Mandela, we're going to switch gears and play a game. Okay. So the game is based upon the show's title, Little Girl Blue. Okay. And I want to find out some things about you from your childhood. Okay. So... Um, what were some of your favorite games to play as a child? Favorite games to play? Uh, I'm going to have to say... Um, I might have to say um, Double Dutch. Oh, what's that? Double Dutch is when... Okay. So, have you ever seen little black girls with two ropes? Uh-huh. They go back and forth, yes. back and forth, and then one of them are on the outside of it, and they have to jump in to the two ropes yes. that are twirling yes. and move their feet real fast yes. like they're tap dancing mm-hmm. and without making the ropes stop. Yes. I was really good at oh that. Oh my gosh. I was re- now I don't know how I got inside of between those two ropes <laughs> without getting smacked in the face Yeah, because it, it is kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. The two ropes are going really really fast and you just jump in. Yes. So it's like you're eyeballing it and you're going back and forth back and forth like here I go. I'm in. <laughs> and jump. And jump. <laughs> It was so much fun. Oh, my god! And let me tell you, the girls in the neighborhood, the little girls, I'm talking about seven, eight-year-olds, nine, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, they were masters at this. Yeah. Master jump ropers. Yeah. It's I, a skill. I actually, now that you mentioned, I do remember seeing girls play it in school when I was in school. Oh, it's and a skill. I was always like so amazed that, yeah. that they could do it. And I really never saw anybody get hit with it. They were always in and like... 
Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Now, some people, they will try to come and try to do it mm-hmm. and think, oh, they could do it. No, no, no. It's a skill. Yes. You got to yes. eyeball those ropes. Mm-hmm. You got to have timing and rhythm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I w- it would definitely be a skill that I do not have. Okay. I have no rhythm. So <laughs> I would be, I mean, I would get smacked in the face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I would be. I don't know if I still got it, though, but back in the day, I had it. I mean, you did write a whole show and star in it, so I think you still have okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Maybe one day we'll test it out. Maybe. We'll hey, maybe I'll be my warm-up <laughs> yes, for the show. Exactly. Do a little double dutch. Exactly. <laughs> that could be a future. That'll be your future response when someone says, what's your pre-show ritual? Double dutch. Double dutch, baby. Yeah. Backstage. Double dutch. It's <laughs> great focus game. That's right. <laughs> I'm physically warm. I love it. I love it. Uh, what's some music you listened to growing up? Growing up, well, in my in my household, well, rather my mother's household, you know, very very um, Christian household, we listened to a lot of of gospel music. Mm. Gospel music. I grew up in a church, like Nina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was in church like five days a week. Wow. Bible study, Sunday school, Tuesday night prayer. Um, uh, youth service, all types of programs. There a choir rehearsal on Saturday. So like five days wow. a week, I was in church. So my vocabulary was all up and through gospel music when it came to singing, singing, singing. Mm. It was gospel music, which is something I don't do a lot of today. Yeah. Um, but you know, once it's in you, it's in you. Yes. Yes. The gospels they are just in you. Yeah. So yeah, but I also my mother did let me collect um, Broadway music. Mm. So she would buy me albums and that was always a treat. And I remember I had one album, Funny Girl, Barbara Streisand. Mm. And I played that album. It has the the scratches on that album. (laughs) It did not stop me from singing along. It did not stop me from singing. It was one of my favorite albums. Albums was Barbara Streisand. That's Funny Girls. Maybe you can write an updated version of Funny Girl. Do, 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 do. Starring Leona Michelle. <laughs> yes, maybe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what are some yeah. TV shows you watched? Growing up? Yeah. Oh, The Cosbys. Yes. I felt mm-hmm. like I was Vanessa. <laughs> I really did. Everything that we grew up, Vanessa and I, we grew up together. I felt like we would have been besties. Yeah. And especially when she like busted out with her natural uh, afro in one episode, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, primetime <laughs> television rocking the fro was Vanessa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you met Temptus Bledsoe? I've never met Temptus Bledsoe. <laughs> 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 I would love to. Well, if she's listening, Temptus. <laughs> Come meet Leona. Yes. She was my sister. Oh. And uh, Theo was my boyfriend. Oh, wow. <laughs> How does that work? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, I loved it. I think now. It's like my first be- boy crush. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. I think Jamal's with someone now. Is he? Is he taken? I think so. So that might not work now. Oh, but growing man. up. Yes. Growing up. I, I, I don't know that there would have been much competition because he probably would have chosen you over the others. Yeah, but a lot of people had. Yeah. A lot of people had a crush on him. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. He just loved him. He was mm-hmm. just like just this regular guy, just just good brother, you know, ah, 
He was hot. He had hot yeah. friends. Yes. <laughs> Alfonso. Hot... Remember Alfonso? Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> had his big break. Yes. Yes. The Cosby's. Wow. No. So many great wow. people on that show. Definitely. I think at one point I wanted uh, Felicia Rashad to be my mother. Oh my yeah. gosh. She was you so know, fun. I've never met Felicia Rashad. Oh. And I, she's someone that I just adore. I adore. When I think about people that I want to emulate my career after, mm-hmm. she's at the top of that yes. list. Like women who are just intelligent, so talented, givers, mm-hmm. trailblazers, just on point in every way. Beautiful inside out. Just her body of work to me is tremendous. Yes. Um, and she does a lot of directing now. And she does a lot of directing. So with one of your future shows that you write, you may need to bring her on as director. I, I would love to sit down with Felicia. Yeah. <laughs> well, if she's listening, come sit down with Leona yes. and be Felicia the director Shara. of one of her future shows. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to get you everybody. Thank everybody you. Thank is going to come work with you. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And what were some of your favorite foods growing up? Favorite foods? Um to this day it, it, it's the same i <laughs> i love oxtail oh you know my family's jamaican yes and oxtail's one of those meat they don't have a lot of bone but mm-hmm. if you prepared right the jamaican style that is the mo- meat is very tender mm. and you can you can suck on that bone for a long time <laughs> you got to get in between the little nuggets of the bone mm. and then the marrow of the bone yeah i love oxtail um i i am not a good cook okay i, not, I was just I about have, to ask i am not a good cook i can do a simple recipe for friends in my crock pot at home um but it ain't gonna taste like mama's okay. and it will not be jamaican style but it will i, I say it's a, it's soul food ish style oxtail i love oxtail <laughs> i also love um i love i love to eat ice cream after shows mm. Oh, what what like, flavor? Oh my god, cookies and cream. Yes, butter pecan, mm-hmm. maple walnut. Mm. I love I, something about after a show. That's my go-to. Okay, you know I normally eat very light meal before a show, and then after the show, I'm not really starving. Mm-hmm. So my go-to is like a bowl of ice cream, mm. and then after that bowl, because then it cools the cords down. Oh, okay. You know, like I get get a little hug. Yes. And then, dare I say it, and I swallow it down with a glass of red wine. Oh, wow. Don't judge me, people. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Any specific brand of ice cream that you like, or does it not really matter? You're just whatever. No, you know, have you ever heard of Friendly's ice cream? Yes. So Friendly's is from Massachusetts. I'm from Massachusetts. They originated in Massachusetts. So I ate a lot of Friendly's. Oh, That creamery is just, it's one of the best, you know? Well, we um, had friendlies. I mean, they had had restaurants all over. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it's and the they best. were yeah they were known especially I mean too for me too growing up they were like everybody the, loved it, friendlies ice cream yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love hard ice cream not soft ice cream I like a hard ice yes. cream yes yeah. yes no me too me yeah. too and what kind of uh, red wine do you drink with it? My favorite brand of red wine is um, South African wine Pinotage. Mm. I love just like um it's kind of a heavy wine okay. Um, um, so I have to be careful with it because you don't want to drink. It's not a day wine. You that's mm. something when you want to just like relax and go to bed, mm-hmm. have a nice glass <laughs> of Pinotage. Um, but I, I, I like a red wine. That's delicious. Yeah, a red. And where in Massachusetts did you grow up? Springfield, Massachusetts, oh, nice. Western Mass. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're known for the Basketball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Is there? Um, Dr. Seuss is from Springfield, oh, Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. Ruth Carter, the costume designer who did Black Panthers, is from Springfield, oh. Massachusetts. Yeah, we got some good we got some good stuff yes. there. Yes. In Springfield. Yeah, I lived uh I lived in Boston for a few years, so okay. I'm familiar with different parts of Massachusetts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a little a little town. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um that's the whole game. So I thank you that for playing. So much fun. Yes, I love it. I love it. Um, and now we're going to go back to a few more questions. We are going to talk about your second writing project. Yeah, it's a musical about the life of Nelson Mandela. Yes. So, um, what can you tell us about the show? Um, okay. Well, we'll start with that. All right, we'll start with that. First of all, I want to just say that this is a dream come true. Mm. And unfortunately, I kind of ha- got to hold my cards a little close when I talk about this show because it's mm-hmm. still all the parts and pieces are still coming together. Okay. Although it's coming together very aggressively mm-hmm. and in an exciting way. Um, when I was working on Nina Simone, I was in the middle of workshops and one, my very last workshop before I got picked up to go to George Street, I met two incredible people two brothers from South Africa, Greg and Sean Borowski, mm-hmm. Borowski who uh, wrote the music and the lyrics to mm-hmm. Mandela. And they were looking to take on a book writer. And they fell in love with Little Girl Blue. And they thought we would be a good fit. Wow. So I've been working with them for like a year and a half of carefully uh, crafting this story of Mandela, uh, which is a lot, a lot of heavy lifting because of as you can imagine, it's an important piece. Yes. It's an important piece of art. Um, so we've just been immersing ourselves in all of the books and the research. Mm-hmm. And we've been very lucky to have the Mandela Foundation work alongside with us. And That's his, wonderful. his family, yeah, come and see some of the workshops as we're developing this piece. Oh, wow. So it is, on a, it has a lot of support behind it. Um, huge responsibility across the board. Mm-hmm. And I would say maybe the biggest fear is like, um, would be the fact that, uh, you know, we all want to get it right. Mm -hmm. But Mandela Mm -hmm. was, he was a human being. Yes. And uh, in my office, I have pictures of him right right next to Nina, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Good company. And um, there's a picture of him and he sits there. When I wake up in the morning, I pour my cup of coffee and I sit down, I look at the script and Nelson is staring at me. And I could feel his energy telling me it is okay. You know, mm. he 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 wasn't born an icon. Right. He was made an icon. Mm-hmm. And there's a responsibility of telling his truth and telling it with honesty. You know. Yes. Don't you don't have to get it all right. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. his story deserves to be told, and it needs to be reachable. People need to identify with him. Mm-hmm. And he was a living, breathing man that made plenty of mistakes. Mm. You know. And I think, you know, when you're writing pieces about icons, oftentimes, you know, you don't want to throw mud at them and get them dirty. Right. That's not my job to throw the mud, mm-hmm. but it's also not my job to dodge it either. Mm-hmm. You know, my do- my job is to just, you know, tell a story. Yes. And be as honest as I possibly can in writing these words for the actors to pass it on to them, mm-hmm. to breathe life into it and to, and to protect, protect the legacy. Yeah. You know? which is so, so very important. So this piece is by far, and we're not trying to dust off history in any kind mm-hmm. of way. Mm-hmm. And what we are doing is uh, celebrating his life in, in a small period of his life. And um, um, so that, you know, folks can 
see his show and be moved and pick up the pick up take take the um the badge of honor and continue the work that he works so hard mm-hmm. for and place it in our laps to to move it forward into the future because you know we all have so much work to do yes that's wonderful and what's yeah. it what's it like to um to have his family there for some of the workshops and yeah. what kind of feedback did they give or what reactions did they have i tell you you know um I just get chills when I think about Mm. it because I never set out to, first of all, be a writer and I never sought out. Mm -hmm. I never even saw myself walking into a room where I could say that I'm writing the Mandela musical. And I never set out to be shaking hands with his granddaughter and having conversation and breaking bread with Mandela's family. Mm. Never set out for that. But the universe designed that to happen. And so what it's like, it's, it's, Oh God, I'm so grateful. Yeah, you know, I'm so grateful, um, and 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 the work is hard, mm-hmm. and I thank God for the work, the hard work. Mandela spent 27 years of his life in Robben Island, you know, mm-hmm. incarcerated, and he made it to the other side. So I welcome the journey. I welcome the struggle. I welcome the the fear that I fear mm-hmm. that I feel in my belly. You know, I welcome the joy that it brings me and I welcome all the new relationships Mm. and the possibility of what this show is going to bring to this city Mm -hmm. and to the world, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so necessary. Yes. Yes. So it is gratifying to an honor to work with them. It feels like it's going to be a a global experience because every, I mean, literally everybody everywhere knows who he is. That's right. Same thing with Nina Simone. Everybody knows who she is. So yeah, I mean, you're working on like two huge, so iconic pieces. Yeah. It's, 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 I I could understand the, the excitement, the fear. I mean, every, every emotion that you feel, I I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrific. Um, what has been the most, uh, challenging part of creating the show so far since it's not finished with Mandela the most the, the biggest challenge would be the fact that you know with Nina um, because I was the writer performer and all wearing all the hats mm-hmm. I pretty much got to like work with myself and then be like <laughs> here director let's work this out and here uh, Mark uh, let's figure out the arrangements for this yeah. now I'm going to do this with the music you know now I'm going to do this with the, the scene this was more this t- collaboration was quite different because mm-hmm. you know the, the wheels were already running with them you know yeah. there was music and there was lyrics there was a concept there you mm-hmm. know so I was walking into a room that already had energy around mm-hmm. it and having to to go into the room and then sit down at with my collaborators Greg and Sean and find a space for the book to breathe mm-hmm. and, and and the trust you know because I have a very specific style of how I write yeah. and how to make that um, merge with uh, the material that was already there mm-hmm. with the lyrics and the music but after a year I mean we've really found our, our way but that was the oh, biggest challenge is like bringing our two styles together because I'm American mm-hmm. they're from South Africa they're so, it's such a mm-hmm. learning space yeah you know it's so nice to bring those cultures together too it's going to create something very special so much so yes Yes. absolutely 
it, it is exciting, you know. Sometimes frustrating, yeah, you know, sure. but exciting. And at the end of the day, rewarding, mm-hmm. rewarding. And I feel really mm-hmm. grateful that I, like have these two brothers, Greg and Sean Borowski, um, trust me, mm-hmm. a- and um, and I trust them very much as well. Yeah. And there's so much love around the project mm-hmm. um, that it's it's a gift. That's great. Well, we can't wait to receive this gift. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, do you have Do you have a, a vision of um, like any anticipation of when you want it to to land on Broadway? Oh, oh my goodness! I I would love for it to be 2021, mm-hmm. um, 2022. Um, everybody keeps telling us that we're on the fast track mm-hmm. with this, and I think we're on the fast. And I th- I do think we are on the mm-hmm. fast track because. The mess. The message is now. Yeah, you know. Yes. You know, especially with Broadway shows come and go so quickly mm-hmm. that you got to keep up with it. Yes. You know, and and and, and over are the days when folks, you know, wrote something and then they come back a month late, two and three, six months later, and come circle back around it. Mm. No, this is a around the clock thing. Yeah. We've been working at this non-stop. You know, because creation is waiting. Yes. You know, we yes. know we got work to do. Um. And we got to get it there. Mm-hmm. So I really, I see it 2021, 2022. Great. Um, Great. The landing. Well, we look <laughs> forward to it. Yeah. So yeah, exciting. Thank you. Um, so we're going to end the interview um, with these last two questions. And they're just going to be some general questions about okay. you. Um, first question is, what are some hobbies you have outside of performing? Hobbies. I'd like to say that I'm a professional wine taster. <laughs> yes. I love that. I like to host them at my my apartment. It's my little apartment. Oh. I like when I bring my girlfriends over and be like, taste this and taste that. <laughs> now, now I, I, I don't think my palate is so savvy, but I, I call myself a professional wine taster. Okay. I enjoy it. I also love to paint. Mm. I love to do acrylic painting. It's very relaxing to me. And let me see another hobby. Do, 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 do. I enjoy. I'm, I'm a new mom. Congratulations! New mom, thank you. And I enjoy coloring with my son. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> He's an artist, and um, I, I enjoy that time that we have because you know when they're in school, they we have our mornings together, and then we have our evenings together. Mm. And the, my favorite part of the day is once we have dinner. And we do an activity before he goes to bed and he loves to color and we just have so much fun just like talking and staying inside of the lines and exploring and he teaches me so much Mm. yeah it's been the biggest gift i've ever received in my life the biggest challenge Mm. and um, i'm really blessed to be a mother of a five-year-old yes yeah wow that's wonderful thank you thank you you're welcome (laughs) you're welcome um and now we're up to the last question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I always end my interviews playing off the off of the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. Okay. So if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not told in a previous interview, what would you tell me today? I would tell you that Leona Michelle hates auditions. Mm. I don't like to audition. I really don't. I that's the part of the process that I am not attracted to mm-hmm. is having to walk into a room and somehow prove myself, mm. prove my worth. 
and I've I've worked really hard at like rethinking about it in a different way mm-hmm. and finding some joy out of auditioning. Uh, I love performing. Mm-hmm. I love rehearsals. I love creating. I even love tech rehearsal. A lot of, people, <laughs> a lot of actors hate tech rehearsal, but uh-huh. I love tech rehearsals. Like when it all starts to come together. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of the process is the creative creative process yeah. in rehearsals when you're exploring, exploring, exploring. Being on stage, love it, love it, love it. I love immersing my but I do not like to audition, mm. Adam. I don't like going into a room and saying, hi, my name is Leona Michelle, <laughs> and going into the scene or the size. And I, I get a lot of anxiety behind it. Yeah. And I, I don't think I ever do my best work. Well, that's why you're going to continue to write shows and create your own parts so you never have to audition I again. I have to audition. Exactly. I am cast. It's my show. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. You. I love that. I love that. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank Anne. you for coming on the show. And everybody listening to this podcast, you must, must, must come see Leona Michelle <laughs> at George Street Theater on Thursday, March 19th yes! for her one night only concert of uh, it's all Nina Simone music. It's yeah. Broadway music. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be an incredible evening. And then stay tuned because when Little Girl Blue comes to comes to off Broadway first. That's right. You can say Broadway too. And Broadway. <laughs> we're certainly going to have Leona back on the show. Yes. And um, as Mandela gets closer to premiering too, we'll, we'll yeah. have so much to talk about that. We have so much to cover. We do, yes. And for the concert on March 19th at George Street Playhouse, I'll have the ticket link up on callmeadam.com. So do Thank get you. your tickets. You're welcome. So much. You're welcome. Adam. No problem. Love, love, love talking to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thanks for listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him at all the for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit callmeadam.com. And follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CallMeAdamNYC.